Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome to the show. I've been waiting for you all to get here because I'm so anxious about our guest today. She's just wonderful and you're going to hear, enjoy using hearing the message that she's going to share with us. But you know, we just finished a holiday and holidays are all about family, celebration, or maybe they're just take some time and relax. And so if that was your day and whatever one of those those different examples I gave you, I hope that it was a successful day and that you walked away with a renewed vigor for this week that's ahead of us. Also, I'd like for a great suggestion when you are regrouping one you hear yourself saying well you know is this really all there is to life or if you hear yourself saying oh hum another week i hope you'll take the time to pick up a copy of my new book that i just released it is called effortless happiness how to find your voice and finally ask for what you want first off you have to know what you want so when that's when that's the case, and that's are the those are the type of questions you ask. Uh, what is there? Is this all there is to living? Am I on the right track? Am I confused? What do I want to do now? These are all questions that are repeatedly asked by different women, even men, different men, as they go through transitions. So pick up my book effortless happiness at amazon.com and you will it is a tool to help you walk through that that state of from confusion into clarity where you can identify and get to know you what you want what you really want your life to look like so be sure and go or you can go to my website joyce buford empowers and there you can sign up for a book, and I'll autograph it and send it to you. So that's not an option for those days where you just want to sit back, relax, and get clear about focusing totally on you and your future. Now, let me tell you about our guests. Her name is Davina Frederick. Now, Davina is an attorney in Florida with 10 years of experience. Before she became an attorney, she worked as a professional copywriter and marketer for 15 years for professional service businesses, including the largest law firm in Central Florida, an engineering company, a computer technology company, and an award-winning advertising agency. In addition, 
Davina has owned, co-owned, operated, and invested in numerous small businesses, some that flourished and some that died on the vine. In 2013, she opened D. Frederick Media and Marketing with a mission to help solo professionals, self-based business owners, and entrepreneurs create and implement custom plans to grow their businesses. She teaches her clients, most of whom are professional women, how to use the internet, social media, and in-person methods to position themselves as indispensable trusted advisors. Clients clamor to hire and rapidly grow their businesses. Throughout her career, and I love this, Davina, you're so open and so willing to share your personal story with us. But she has experienced numerous significant transitions, including two marriages, one divorce, and three career changes. She turned 40 while in law school. Ah, I like that. A (laughs) second win, a third win, a fourth win. And in the past 12 years has survived infidelity, bankruptcy, the sale of a business, a subsequent lawsuit, and she turned 50. (laughs) Today at 52, she's a little heavier, a little wiser, and a whole lot happier. Her goal in sharing her story is to encourage other women to step fully into who they are, confront their fears, and settle for nothing less than what they really, 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 truly want out of their careers and their lives. Welcome, Davina. Oh, thank you. That was so beautifully read. I love that. (laughs) Well, that's a beautiful example of Davina's writing. She just wrote this so beautifully, and I went, God, I can't mess this up. It's just too good. So anyway, if that's an example of uh, part of Davina's genius is her ability. (laughs) There you are. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. Um, uh, I've known Joyce just for, uh, I met Joyce actually, you know what, Joyce, we're almost coming up on a year anniversary from the, from when we met because we met in July of last year. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's just, um, you've just been, it's been wonderful to know you and get to know you and get to know more about each other and, uh, form a friendship. And so I'm super excited to be here and talk about women in transition. Oh, Yeah. Well, you have had, you were very open and thank you so much for doing that because there's so many of us that can identify with those transitions that you went through, you know, marriages and divorce and career changes. Those are all biggies. And the thing I I like about it is that you're 40 and 50 and you're still going. That's good, girl. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm inspired by the gals who are. 60 and 70 and 80 and 90 <laughs> still going <laughs> I hope we're going for a long time <laughs> uh, my, my my grandmother uh recently uh passed away at the end of last year and she was 96 so and and lived in her own house until the day she died and passed oh. away in her own house she was a farmer uh and a farmer's wife and um had an incredible work ethic and so you know it's women like that in my life that have inspired me to to always strive and uh keep a 
keep a positive attitude and enjoy life, even, Mm -hmm. you know, when I go through hardships. Right. Now, where was your grandmother living is the farming life, uh, you said? She she has, uh, my whole family is from North Florida. So, which is very rural. It's very different from what people think of when they think of Florida and they think of the palm oh, trees yeah. and Miami Beach and all that. It's it's uh, it's farm country up there, and uh, and I am a sixth generation Floridian on both sides of my family, six on one and seven on the other. So, uh, yeah, my my well, you never I never thought of Florida deep. having agriculture. What did they What did they have up there? You know that the cattle industry in Florida is uh, second only to Texas. No kidding. Yes, yes, no. yes. It's true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we we come from a long line of uh, agriculture. It's it's our uh, after tourism. It's our second largest industry. It used to be our largest industry, agriculture. Yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. so that little that little lesson took us down a, a rabbit trail, but. <laughs> I, um... <laughs> no, because I do think that women that grow up in those kind of conditions with lots of, um, you know, hardships, just life, farming is, mm-hmm. is a difficult um, area for living. And most of the United States grew up with farming. And, and so I think those women and those individuals that are part of that ha- do, they have a really strong constitution, a strong ethic. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. my well, mother, I, it, also... I call it, I call it, I call it good, clean living. That's, that's really <laughs> what it is. And that I, you know, of course I was not, I did not grow up on a farm. My parents worked for, uh, state, my dad worked for state government my whole life. So we lived on state parks all around the state of Florida when I was growing up. I actually lived in the parks, which is kind of a unique childhood really? because of the, uh, nature, you know, just living so close to nature and yes. pre- learning to appreciate nature and natural resources. So. Um, it, it did extend that way, but we, you know, I didn't grow up bailing hay or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Although in the summers, when I'd go spend it with my grandmother, she always made sure that we were working while we were there helping out with things. So, Uh, you know, (laughs) yeah, Um, well, you talked about a lot of transitions, but you know, there's always that one that's just so significant that it sticks in your mind like yesterday. And so I wonder if you might share just that that moment that you had such a light bulb moment, I call them, where you just go, it's got to change. It's got to change. Well, I would say for me, um, it, it's kind of bundled together over a particular time period. Um, uh, in 2003, I went, I decided to go to law school. My husband and I, I had, we had been married that long and we had known each other for years and been friends and then gotten married. And um, I talked with him about starting a family and neither of us were ready to start a family at that time. So I said, well, I can't sit around and do nothing. I had been working for him and then we changed, made some changes in the company. So I was working part-time as a freelance writer and it wasn't satisfying to me. And I didn't want to continue in marketing anymore. I wanted to do something different. So what was Mm -hmm. the significant change for me was I made the decision to go to law school. And I was 38 years old at the time. And uh, as I said, turned 40 while I was going to law school. And um, so that had a lot of consequence to it, uh, consequences that I never expected to happen. And um, the next 
few, you know, years of my life. I graduated in 2007 and started my own law practice. Mm-hmm. And uh, those next couple of years between 2000, I would say between 2007 and 2011, were was a very, very difficult period of transition for me because mm-hmm. um, one of the one of the challenges of law school is that um, I think the statistic is something like 50 percent of couples uh, get divorced who or who are married when they're going to law school get divorced or break up during oh. law school because law school is so mentally and emotionally taxing uh-huh. and. Uh, particularly, I think, you know, like I said, being 40, I didn't have the stamina of somebody in their 20s right. or even 30s at that point. I was I was much more, um, and also just, I took it very, very seriously. A lot of my younger classmates would, you know, go on the weekend and blow off steam and drink and party, and I was like, I don't know how they do it. I've got to read, <laughs> you know, case law, 50 yeah. pages yeah. of case law per class every day. Like, I don't get it, right? Right. So, that coming coming out of law school is kind of like uh, what I call the, the gift of the Magi sort of tale that mm-hmm. comes out of this. Um, are you familiar with the gift of the Magi? Yes. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with that story? So mm-hmm. for, for the listeners, the gift of the Magi is a story of a couple who um, are very, very poor, and for their anniversary of Christmas or something, they get each other a gift and it requires them to sell like the wife. I think the husband bought her a hair comb and Mm -hmm. the wife had, he had to sell something he valued to buy her that comb. Well, she had to cut off her hair and sell her hair to buy him something. And I can't remember the thing that he valued, but that gift of the Magi story kind of happened with my husband and I, because we, we, we went through this period of time I was going to law school with it in mind. He he had been working in the computer business for 20-something years, and he was really miserable. He had his own company, and he was just unhappy. He had a lot of clients who were lawyers who were very um, high-powered, big-ego kind of clients, Mm -hmm. and it was very difficult for him, and so he was unhappy. And so I was thinking, well, what's the profession I can go into where I can make enough money to allow him to leave that job and go find it what right. he wants to do. And mm-hmm. so I went to law school and he, of course I didn't tell him this. I didn't, wasn't verbal about it. I just kind of had it in my mind. You know, this was part of my reasoning. And with him, he was thinking that he was supporting me in fulfilling some thought, some kind of lifelong dream to be a lawyer, which was not the case. And, but he didn't tell me that. So he's there being very supportive through all that. And I'm there thinking I'm doing this for us. And we go through this. And then, of course, uh, it takes me uh, away from the marriage a lot because I'm so engaged in law school. Mm-hmm. And as I said, we were newlyweds, really. Mm-hmm. So as a consequence of that, he got more unhappy and miserable. And I was you know, just struggling to make it through. I probably gained 30 pounds in law school and because mm-hmm. I, I would just eat all the time to eat, mm-hmm. sleep, and study, and that was it. And so we get, as I get through um, law school and start, I open my own law practice, which 
I wouldn't advise to anyone who doesn't have any history in having their own business because um, it was definitely a difficult choice. But it was something that I had wanted to do from the beginning. I didn't want my own. I, I didn't want to work for a firm. I wanted to have my own practice. Mm -hmm. So I did that, and then I got a partner uh, about a year later. And when I brought the partner in, my partner and my husband really did not get along very well. They they just, their person, they were, I always said they were too much alike, and they clashed. And, of course, neither of them liked to hear that. But <laughs> that, that, was my, that was my, you know, view of it. So mm -hmm. we had, so my husband and I had a lot of things going on, and he also decided at that time that he had waited long enough to do something different. And so he opened another business mm -hmm. when that, and that took most of our savings. Well, pretty much all of our savings. And because he invested heavily in this business, it was a, it was a gym and it was a, a really well, you know, really uh, kind of high end gym mm -hmm. with uh, mm -hmm. coach led classes and stuff. So, he invested heavily in that, hired a bunch of people, um, and through the course of that, we really had gotten kind of, we'd grown apart, gotten estranged right. a little bit, because he was right. very caught up in that, and I was very caught up in what I was doing, sure. and um, so he he wound up in, getting involved in a relationship with someone else, mm -hmm. and I was not expecting it, and I was completely devastated by it. Yeah. And, and then shortly after that, he, the business that he had had for so long, his last, uh, client, he had given up most of his clients to service this one really huge client, which mm -hmm. is a, is a, a lesson in business and what not to do in hindsight, you know, um, mm -hmm. but did that. And then when that client made some changes, he, we went overnight from being wealthy to being flat broke. Oh. And yes. Overnight. Yes, within a month. Overnight, <laughs> within a month. We it was from December to January. We filed bankruptcy in January of that year. Wow. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course also because of the infidelity, I had I I really went into a depression over the whole mm -hmm. thing and mm -hmm. uh, left my law practice uh, and my partner. Mm -hmm. and started working on focusing on, you know, my marriage. And uh, so that period of time of, of it's all wrapped up together. When I talk about that trans, the, the transition, it wasn't any mm -hmm. one of those things. Uh, it was probably good, started with me going, you know, getting married and going to law school and all that. But then it, it evolved into all these other things. And mm -hmm. so we dealt with that for, you know, a couple of years and decided to, we decided to stay in the marriage and work on the marriage and work together to get out of the financial hole that we were in. Yeah. So, um, that is, that I would say is my biggest, you know, that was, that was a huge transition for me. And then the work that it has taken me in the subsequent 10 years to, um, really, start creating a life that was where I could be authentically me and speak mm -hmm. up about who I am. Because when I was part of the issue was we weren't really communicating who we truly were. 
we were right. still in this newlywed phase where we were trying to uh, impress each other and hold back. And so we weren't really being honest about, he wasn't being honest that he was resenting me for that mm-hmm. situation. And um, I wasn't, you know, paying attention to what was going on. I was, you know, trusting that I wasn't, I, you know, I knew he was unhappy with mm-hmm. the business. But I never expected, you know, that to happen. And it was funny because I actually saw some clues <laughs> and just ignored them. Right. Um, that, that well, you all had worked part. together, right, before you married, we had, right? We had known each other. We had actually met on a job uh, uh, at a, uh, another company when we were both working. Uh, we had offices next to each other, and we had been uh-huh. friends for years before uh-huh. we ever engaged in a romantic relationship. We had just, I mean, you know, we were both were in relationships with other people and we weren't in a place for that. We weren't interested, you know, we were just friends, good friends. And mm-hmm. we stayed in touch. And um, when all of that uh, changed, then, you know, we got involved. And then I went to work with him as well. Right. So we were right. a couple at the time that I went to work with him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so we... And it's it's really interesting because he and I have owned several businesses together and are really terrific business partners together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, you know, best friends and supportive of each other in that way. But uh, we definitely have been through some some rocky times in marriage. And I, you know, I'm 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 honest and open about it because, um, well, because I. I talked to so many people, uh, both as of when I was a lawyer, I did uh, divorce work, mm-hmm. so among other types of practices. But and I have so many friends who've had long-term marriages, twenty-two-year marriages, break up, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've just, I just, I, I just believe that everybody goes through hardship, and there's so much out there, particularly when you're in the coaching world and the marketing world, you see everybody else's highlight reel yes, and you're comparing yourself to that mm-hmm. and people don't see all of the blood, sweat, tears that go behind that and what goes mm-hmm. into, you know, what they, you know, what the achievers are doing, if they're actually achieving what they're, what they've done and what they've gone through to get where they are. Right. And well, as I look at your story, there's several different things that come to mind. Um, that you well the story of marriage I think a lot of us go into marriage thinking he completes me or um, something foolish like that because we are <laughs> yes, all, yes. We, we are our, an individual we are ourselves and many too many many times and I can say because I'm speaking from my own experience in my own divorce story that I kind of wanted my husband to complete me and when it wasn't working you know I just I just thought it was over and I applaud you two for realizing that what you did have was special and that it was so worth hanging on to and that it's not an overnight recovery program. No, no, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Well, you know, we're, you're both growing as people. Um, and for me, I, it was, I mean, I don't want to underestimate how 
traumatic it was because it certainly was. And like oh, I said, it's, yeah. you know, I'm 10 years down the road from <laughs> uh, not, you know, not from that, probably from law school and then, you know, almost like eight years from that. And yeah. And so, uh, you know, and we've done a lot of work and had a lot of conversation about it, and I'm pretty open about it. And um, so, and it's still, you know, we still work all the time on because we're both growing and changing. But, um, you know, I had been married before. He had been married before. And those Hmm. marriages both ended in divorce, uh, mine before I even met him, in fact. And um, so... I, 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 when you were talking about how we go, how we're in marriage, kind of thinking that, you know, we're in love and, you know, everything's <laughs> going to be rosy. Um, I, you and I have talked before about uh-huh. traditional marriage and, and I thought I was raised to be this kind of independent girl, I thought. Uh, we have, I have two sisters, we have no brothers, so it was very egalitarian in my family because it's all girls, right? So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we all, you know, went to college and we, I've worked since I was 16, I supported myself, you know, at times and, and, uh, well, my whole life actually. And so when I married him, I just went into this sort of, child I don't I guess I went into this childhood fantasy of what marriage was you know we didn't we didn't have the big wedding or anything like that but he was okay. you know pretty wealthy when we married and and he was like you don't have to work if you don't want to I just want you to do what you makes you happy and <laughs> you know and I kind of was like oh okay well I've never had that happen before <laughs> <laughs> So, well, you right. you do realize we're all brainwashed by that Cinderella movie that Walt Disney did to us many, many years ago. And we continue to do that. I know. I mean, we continue to show it to generation yeah. after generation of our girls, don't we? <laughs> uh, yes. And now the princess just comes in different forms. Now she's in Frozen and she's in, you know, <laughs> oh, these yeah, other, she but she's still a princess. <laughs> so, I know. So those... You know, that whole image of really needs to be researched and explained and understood. I think in marriage counseling, if anybody does that anymore, really need to come in and just break that whole scenario down for for their brides and their grooms so that they understand that that wall they can run up against or, you know, experience. And mine was after 25 years of marriage. So there you go. It's always waiting in the dark lurking so well, i don't i don't think that anyone can get through a long-term marriage without some major crisis of some kind i mean it's gonna you know like it's just because everybody's life will have some crisis it will be the rare life that doesn't experience job loss or sickness right. or sickness of a parent or something with a child i mean you know you just these are just the consequences of a long life. You have hills and you have valleys. And so every long-term marriage is going to have something. So it's a matter of how you deal with it and what you do with it. And, and we are by no means, you know, like the, the, you know, paradigm of what a marriage should be. We're just working on it because we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how Davina has transitioned herself into this very successful career, helping 
other women become entrepreneurs and successful women in their own business right because she offers a lot. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Davina Frederick. And the, the thing that I love about visiting with her is how open she's been about just the transition of marriage. And, you know, I think every marriage, well, I can't say every, but I think a lot of marriages face the big divorce question at some time because it's just hard being married, raising children, working. But she's so open, and, and I love this when she said, I felt like a big, fat failure at one point in her life. And she today, as I know her, she's anything but those statements that were in this <laughs> beautiful little description that she wrote. But you, you turned it around or began saying to yourself, I'm sure I can do better. I know there's more out there. So Mm -hmm. how did you make that transition and what did it require of you? Well, actually I, um, I, I had, it really came from a place of um, anger and, and that's not very, you know, <laughs> I've had people go, well, that's not good. But, you know, yeah. that's, that's natural. That's a natural yeah. Yeah. human emotion and a place to come from. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I started from that point. I was mm-hmm. really mad. I was mad at my husband. I was mad at myself. I couldn't, I couldn't believe how I had let myself get in this position. I had always taken care right. of myself, and I had let myself kind of become this, you know, dependent mm-hmm. on somebody else. So that that was the place that it started for me, is I just was mad as hell and wasn't going to take it anymore. <laughs> right. That's kind well, of where it started. A lot, there's a lot of power in that, self-power, when you get to that yes. point. Don't you yes. think? Yeah. Yes. And well, and for me, I had always, um, you know, my 
my dad was definitely the ruler of the roost in our in our family what was three girls and my mother and my mother always kind of you know he had he was more vocal and mm-hmm. she was more behind the scenes and yeah. soft you know soft spoken in that way and um so i had sort of learned through that example uh, a traditional sort of marriage where the man's in charge and even though i would never i didn't think that i thought that way you understand i mm-hmm. thought i was you know miss independent yeah um <laughs> when it came down to it i let him do what he wanted and mm-hmm. i didn't question it i didn't argue about it i you know he was making the money and i wasn't making the money right. and i felt that power imbalance mm-hmm. um because before i had been sporting myself and i wasn't making very much money but it was my money i was creating it you know and so right. so i didn't i didn't know i had a really strong money story um mm-hmm. which contributed a lot to this i didn't know how to behave with being dependent on somebody else and they were making the money. I was very uncomfortable. I remember um, when I remember in the marriage, we would, when we first got married, he would be working and I, he'd come home and I would hear the car and I would jump up and Mm -hmm. act busy because I didn't Mm -hmm. want him to see me not being busy, industrious, you know? Right. So, Mm -hmm. so for me, through all this with the, with the marriage, it all came from a place of anger. And I decided uh, that because now I was in this situation where I was, you know, stuck. I felt very mm-hmm. stuck. Mm-hmm. And so I remember we had, uh, it was our 10th anniversary, and we had gone through the infidelity. We had gone through the uh, bankruptcy. And I went to an event. I went to uh, Be the Change, which was Suzanne Evans' coaching event. And right. uh, the weekend of our anniversary, it was in Orlando, and I was mm-hmm. driving back and forth every day um, from north of town to south of town to go to this event. And it's mm-hmm. the first experience, the first introduction I had had to the coaching world. Right. And I was not in any way prepared for, you know, I didn't even know anything about such a thing. And, of course, it's mm-hmm. this really dynamic sort of event. And uh, so I was walking you know, target for, for the sales pitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, before I was, before I was done, I had signed up for a year long program that was not inexpensive. And mm-hmm. I just decided that the whole time that, um, I had been in that marriage that every business venture he wanted, no matter how costly I had backed him up on it. And, um, he didn't, when it came down to my law practice, uh, he fought it um, in a lot of different ways. And I just right. decided with this, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to step up and I'm going to do this and I'm going to mm-hmm. make the money and I'm going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what he says and I'm not going to discuss it. I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to do it. And I did it. And right. uh, it was not, you know. It didn't work out the way that the sales pitch says it's going to work out, right. uh, but but you know I don't regret it because it introduced me to a whole new way of life, and it you know led me to my business, creating my business. Now, did you walk away with a mission from from that event, or did you say I want 
my life to look more like this because Suzanne is she's good on stage. She's very good on stage. <laughs> and sure. and or was it doing the program for you said it was a year long program? Uh, was yeah, that well, you know what, what it was? Did you form your ideas of what you wanted your life to look like? Well, I the, the the problem that I had was I didn't I know that I want I knew that I wanted to create my own business, mm-hmm. and right. I knew that it wasn't uh, being a lawyer. Yeah, uh, because that had kind of been ruined for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm still I'm still a lawyer, uh, still a license, and, and occasionally take matters. But you know, to do it full time, it was too much stress for me. And at that time, ha- having gone through all that, I, as I said, I went through a, a depression. I was seeing a therapist. Right. I was very right. you know shaken by all of mm-hmm. this, and uh, so it was really hard for me to even get out of bed some days. Right. But I knew that yeah. I wanted to create this uh, business. I didn't really know what business it would be. And so mm-hmm. I hired other coaches, like like quasi-coaches or mini-coaches or whatever along the way as well to help me figure that right. out. And I found that it just really added to the it added to a lot of confusion. It didn't give me a lot of clarity because there were too many voices in my head. So because I, when you're multi-talented, and I don't mean to say that in a bragging way, I think most of us are. We have multiple things that we're good at, you know. Um, you're because any well-rounded person has different skills and mm-hmm. I would so I would have people say to me well you know you could be a speaker why don't you be a speaker go be a speaker and I have other people <laughs> say well you know you could be like this writer for that you write a book you write a novel you could write a and then somebody else would oh you know you need to do this or that and so all of these and all of these were viable and they were dreams and they were ideas and they were fantasy um but I finally had to step away from all of that and get very, very quiet because I had that. I had a very quiet inner voice. Mm-hmm. My inner voice, you know, didn't want to assert itself. I wanted to right. not. I wanted to not be visible. I wanted to not be, you know, I wanted to fall into that role, that victim role, and. I remember the first time somebody told me that I was playing victim, I was so mad. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> do you, you understand? Like, I actually am a victim here, right? You know, I went through that whole thing. But over time, of course, I've learned all about that in more detail. And um, But I was definitely in that place. And so I had to cut out all the other voices that were jawed in my ear. And I had to get very, very quiet so I could hear what I really, truly wanted right I applaud you for that because you know we learn at a very early age to start listening to our environment not inside ourselves and Mm -hmm. so you were on target when you I mean everybody has an opinion they see us from the outside and they have an opinion and somehow they feel they have the right to give us their opinion (laughs) but you were on top of it knowing that you have this inner knowing and that's so valuable that we have to listen to that voice that says uh maybe not (laughs) well what was interesting about it for is that you know those people were encouragers you know they weren't coming at a place of judgment they weren't coming from a place of uh 
you know, I did, you know, you do, we, we have detractors and judges as well, you know, particularly, yeah, sure. you know, <laughs> I, you know, pe- people who uh, supposedly care about us the most. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I had a lot of encouragers in my life and they were coming mm-hmm. from that place of trying to encourage, but what they were doing instead of encouraging is they were trying to solve a problem that was not theirs to solve. It was mine to solve. Right. Yeah. And it took, and it, this wasn't an overnight kind of thing. Like I said, I did a lot of work. I did a lot of therapy. I did a lot of, of trying things. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, yeah. you know, I did talk to a lot of people and then eventually I had to just go away and make a decision. So my decision, if you want to talk about my career and kind of how it's evolved, my decision was to go back to the thing that had always been the one thread throughout my entire career, no matter whether it was marketing or, um, you know, law or whatever. And that was my writing skill. I have an undergrad degree in writing. I'm a, I was a professional copywriter. And so I started out with just writing and just made mm-hmm. that career, getting jobs, writing for others. Um, so business writing, it wasn't anything sexy, uh, website writing, copywriting, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And, um, and I enjoy it. It is something that comes easily to me. And, um, but I said, I came to the realization though, that I could not, unless I was writing for myself and creating, you know, sales funnels for myself or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I knew that this was not going to be something that was going to be a career that I could make a lot of money because I didn't want to learn the sales copywriting that, the big copywriting legends, you know, right. you know, like did, David Ogilvy did, or whatever. Davina, did you use your writing as you, you know, some people use that for their own therapy as well to journal no, through transitional no, times. I did not. Did you use that? I did that? not. And I will, no, no. no and I'll, oh. I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was young, I did some little, you know, or a little diary or whatever. And my old yeah. sister has always been very, suspicious sort of skeptical kind of person said to me never write anything down you never know what's going to happen and who's going to read that <laughs> so I stopped journaling at a young age and um and I've also found that for me I it doesn't help it actually makes things worse oh so yeah. what it's too much I can very easily get into uh overthinking and obsessive thinking Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people get caught up in that overthinking loop. Uh, yeah. And so writing, for me, exacerbates that. I, I really go into that sort of dark place with it. Uh, so I don't I do not do use it for that purpose at this point in my mm-hmm. life. Now, who, who knows if that will change one day, but I never have. Um, I write for business right. purposes. So, well, yeah. now, what's, now what's interesting when you see but now, how did you get into, how did you make the decision to go into coaching? Why was well, that important happened, to you? Well, so what happened was, is the writing led to designing websites because my mm-hmm. clients, you know, particularly if I was writing copy for sites, they were like, I just need help. I just need somebody to do the site for me. I'm like, all right. So I learned to design WordPress sites uh, and I have a pretty good eye for that. I'm not a fabulous a graphic designer or anything, but I am a painter. I do that for my pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have some, you know, eye for that. And so I learned how to design a website. And 
then what I was working, uh, giving marketing advice to clients because that was really the place I was coming from was how, you know, helping them come up with ways to market their businesses. And, um, and I realized that the issue that my clients were having was they, they were coming from a tactical place of, I need a website. I, you know, I know that I need to get a website. I don't really know how a website breaks the business, but I need to have a website. Or I need to learn how to use, I guess I should be on Facebook, and I need to learn how to use Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever, but I don't, I don't really know. Like, do you really get business from that? I don't really know how to do that. I don't have time for that. I remember I had one client who said to me, the very first conversation we had, well, listen, I'm not going to blog. I'm never going to blog. I hate blogging. I mean, she just went off on it. I'm like, honey, okay, <laughs> you don't have to blog if you don't want to. And I wrote a, bo- a blog called You Don't Have to Blog If You Don't Want to. And you can, uh-huh. and I give 14, I think 14 other things you can do instead. So you uh-huh. can go to my website after this and look that up and you'll see that, that blog there. But um, so what I realized was that what my clients really needed is we needed to step back. We needed to go back in the process and we needed to say, okay, what exactly do you want? What do you want out of your life? What do you want out of your business? Are they aligned? And Mm -hmm. what's your plan? Where are your clients? Who are your ideal clients? Where are they hanging out? What Mm -hmm. do we want to, you know, how are we going to get in front of them? And what are we going to say when we get there? So it was identifying who those clients were, coming up with a brand and a message for them. So I stepped back to the planning stage. I'm like, we need to go back and have a plan because none of you people have a plan. (laughs) And I I have to work from a plan. Uh, So that's how I got into that. I started doing that. And then, of course, the natural evolution of that is when you're working with clients um, who are solo professionals. And I work with a lot of solo professionals, but particularly a lot of other attorneys, right, because Mm -hmm. I have that background. Yeah. And uh, but I do work with other professions as well. One of my biggest clients is a, a addictions consultant, and I have another one who owns a med spa. So uh, I have clients in all different areas. But yeah, they are solo CEOs or solo professionals trying to build a business, um, and they needed that support. You know, they needed mm-hmm. somebody to hold their hand and and say, you know, let's walk through. Like, like, here's the plan, but we don't have to do all whole, the whole plan next week. We, which part do we do first? This is the part we do first. Mm-hmm. And so that's how the coaching evolves. Because when you're working with a solo professional, then you're working with an individual who has hopes and dreams and goals and ideas. And they don't have support to bring those to fruition. And mm-hmm. so that's where I come in, came into the process with that now you have an offer that you're um, so graciously offering to those so tell us how they can go to your website and and how they can find out more about Davina that my, well my website is www.d as in Davina Frederick f-r-e-d-e-r-i-c-k media M-E-D-I-A dot com, dfrederickmedia.com. That's my website, and they can mm-hmm. go there and learn all about me from that website. The uh, report that I have for them today 
I as you read in the introduction, I teach my clients how to position themselves as indispensable trusted advisors that clients mm-hmm. clamor to hire. And what I mean by that is that the majority of my clients are in these high fiduciary businesses like attorneys and mm-hmm. insurance agents, real estate agents, financial planners, therapists, uh, even even my med spa person. You know, people are putting their their faith in her hands, right? So it's, right. it's required a high level of yeah. trust. Mm-hmm. And this is what I teach my clients is that to how to go about You've heard that people hire people they know, like, and trust, but most marketing gurus don't tell you how to actually develop trust. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I do. Is I In this report, I set out the 12 immutable laws of the indispensable trusted advisor. And these laws um, talk about what you must have if you want people to trust you. These are the characteristics that you need to eat, sleep, and breathe. And then uh, from there, I go into, and I, I don't do this in the report, but I do this after the report. Um, mm-hmm. From there, I go into how you communicate to others that you are this trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. So that's what the report is about. It's about these characteristics of trust. And if you want to be trusted uh, so that people will hire you, so that people will seek you out, to hire you, then you really need to embody these characteristics. Now, these 12 laws that you call of the indispensable trusted advisor, are these, did you create these? Are they part of your program or are these written I did, somewhere? I did create these. This, these came out of my noggin. I gave hey! it a lot of, yeah, <laughs> I gave it a lot of thought. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, I've done a lot of reading on the subject, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's something that I, in, it's something that, I encountered when I was growing my business and I was looking at it going, okay, what is it that sets us, you know, the successful apart from the unsuccessful? What is it that makes it, you know, easy for some people to attract and whereas other people struggle? And Mm -hmm. it really is about being an authority um, and positioning, but you, you know, we, it doesn't, it, it automatically can happen over time. I say mm-hmm. automatically, meaning you go to work, you have a good client, and they go out and talk about you. You know, it's that old referral system, right, that we hope to build over. But that takes a long time to build. Well, right. we're in a day and age where everything moves a little bit faster. And how do you, so how do you, how do you get there faster? And, mm-hmm. but still with integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that people seek you out sooner rather Mm -hmm. than, you know, over the course of 20 years in drips and drabs, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at your report and I just found it fascinating, the different laws that you have listed here. Um, So it really would be a, a nice piece for anybody to read because, I mean, these are all just admirable qualities that we all need. And mm-hmm. um, so I encourage your, you listeners out there to go to Davina's website and take advantage of this beautiful example she is and how you become a trusted advisor. It's just um, some really good thoughts here. 
Mm-hmm. Did not? Well, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. So, anyway. So, is, um, so they would go. So, they're going to go yeah, to. Tell them how to get there. They're going to go to defrederickmedia.com slash indispensable hyphen trusted hyphen advisor mm-hmm. to get the report. And, but for clarification for me, are you that coach? I mean, do you, that is your indispensable trusted advisor coach. Is that correct? I am. Uh, well, that is correct. <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> is that correct? <laughs> the, the, the flip side of it, I mean, I coach people to position themselves as indispensable trusted advisors. Now, that doesn't yeah. mean... You know, each of my clients, uh, I I do one-on-one coaching because one of the uh, one of the lessons that came out of being in a larger quote-unquote coaching program to begin with is that I did not I thought I was hiring a certain person, and I yeah. wound up getting a lot of other people who were not that person and a whole lot of materials. So uh, mm-hmm. I knew that that provided contrast for me that that wasn't that wasn't the person I wanted to be. What I wanted was somebody that I would like to have had, um, and fortunately I now do have, uh, that uh-huh. would be there for me personally to help me come up with a custom plan for my own business and walk me through and be there for me every step of the way as a support and an advisor. So that is the role that I play for my clients. So I play the role of indispensable trusted advisor to them. I hope I'm indispensable. Mm -hmm. I I Mm -hmm. try to function as their trusted advisor so that they get that support they need to grow their business. And then I teach them how to do that for their clients. And that's that's huge. That is so huge. You are so right the coaching industry has turned into when they're working with huge numbers you don't get the contact with the person that created the program so this is Mm -hmm. an awesome um, offer to be able to work one-on-one with you as a coach awesome yeah yes yes and so if they go to the report they they could get the report it's free they can download it and then if they want they can set up a call with me Mm-hmm. I do, uh, you know, 15-minute introductory calls where we sort of get to know each other, and then I explain to people how I work with people and how I help them. I get to know a little bit about them and mm-hmm. talk about whether they're, they're a good fit. And if they want to move forward, then I, I talk to them about the next step. Right. Well, you know, um, the coaching industry is a interesting industry, and it's certainly evolved over the years, but... Being able to have that one-on-one time with a, with the coach of the program is uh, valuable, valuable, valuable. Yeah, yeah, and I, I really love it. I have thought about, uh, you know, I do, I'm, I'm starting to offer some other uh, types of products and mm-hmm. other uh, ways of servicing people. I'm launching right now. Right. matter of fact, it, it, the, the payment, the last day to pay is tomorrow a six-week program, which is very short for me. Normally, my programs are 16 weeks is the shortest, and then uh, and then I have a year-long program to work with me. Right. And as you can imagine, with 16 weeks of one-on-one right. with me, you know, it, it, it it's big. not inexpensive. Well, can they go so to the website and, and find out more about that? Program. If they're interested, y'all, if you're interested in that out there, you need to go to 
uh, Davina's website because we are coming very close to the end of this show. And I know that we can and go on for another 30, me. 45 they can, minutes. They can go to the contact and, page and, and contact Yes, me. go to your website. and con- There's a place to contact you on uh, mm-hmm. dfrederickmedia.com, right, mm-hmm. on your Correct. website? Yeah. Correct. Thank you. Well, this hour has gone has flown by because you've opened yourself and been so generous to tell you from the deep dark of your, all of your transitions. And I know that there's somebody out there that this message has been valuable, invaluable to. And we all are the same, y'all. Life just keeps moving forward, and we just keep picking ourselves up and moving forward with it. Because it can always be brighter. It's getting to know who you are. So, Davina, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been really Thank you, Joyce. I appreciate it. I had so much fun. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. What? Do this again. And I'm going to bring all my legal documents to you to read. (laughs) It's a plus. (laughs) And on that note... Yes. So thank you so much for being with us today. And I hope that your week is full of wonderful surprises and that you take a step toward identifying who you are and what you want your life to look like. Thanks for being with us. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 